is it so dark in here? Oh, I uh, I, I got rid of all the bulbs. Uh, uh okay. What? Why? Don't don't you like it? No. Why? Why would I? I assumed you'd be delighted. <laughs> Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Magnetdale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnetdale. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's a podcast. Two queer trans women, that's us, we're wifey types. We talk about media that we've consumed in the week and do silly voices and skits and have a bit of a silly catch up. It is true. How are you doing? Um, I'm alright, but of a chilly bean. Yeah, chilly yeah, bean. definitely, de- definitely chilly bean. The chill season. has chillinated. The the chill is happening. Mm-hmm. How about you? How are you uh, doing? Better than better than I was last week. I suspect there'll be slightly less coughing to edit out of this recording. Not a lot, but a little less. Uh, a little sleepy, but otherwise all right. Yeah, they'll never know how much coughing we removed from last week's episode. Uh, <laughs> there, there was occasionally one of us would put a hand up, and it was the sort of <laughs> at the end of this sentence, I need to cough. So can you get there? That's fine, and we would both. So we of. would both have our cough. Okay, we've got our cough out. Yes. On we continue. Um, I was eternally grateful that the last thing we always record is brochure because I could not have managed that voice. I mean, there is a reason the brochure was as short as it was last week in May. It might be or... fairly short this week, to be honest, because we are still fairly coffee, if we're, not as we're, coffee as we were. We're a little week. on the scratchy side still, mm-hmm. but you know what we should do before we get to that? We should probably talk about some things we've played. Yeah, we probably should. Yeah, you've played some things. Tell us about a thing oh, you've I've played. I've played some things. Uh, I want to talk about a game that I played through this past week that I've been a little bit obsessed with. I think it's a fantastic game with a caveat, and I'll get to it in a second. So, this is In Stars and Time, and this is a a, a top-down turn-based RPG where you are a member of an adventuring party. Uh, You are not the main character, you're not the one with the, uh, the, the, the prophecy that says that you will defeat the big bad and has the special powers that, you know, that's not you. You're, you're not even, like, the most recent addition to the party, you're, like, party member three out of four. Um, and you've arrived at this town that's, like, at the, basically, imagine you've gotten to Castletown in Ocarina of Time and, like, Ganon's castle's in the background. Mm-hmm. And... You know, by the end of tomorrow, the the, uh, the big bad's probably going to have, have destroyed the world by freezing everything in time and making sadness happen or whatever. Oh. And you go to do the big dungeon and try and save the world. You put all your spiritual stones from the dungeons in the door and you start doing the dungeon. Okay, okay. And you are not strong enough to win. Um, This dungeon is very dangerous and the boss is very strong and within minutes you have died and it becomes very apparent you are not ready for this, despite the fact that there is a very strict time limit before the end of the world. But the game is now over, so so then what Well, funny you should say that. You wake up back at the start of yesterday (gasps) and you're trapped in a time loop and you don't know why. Uh, Why why you and not the protagonist? Who can say? Uh, But you have a town... With, like, maybe a dozen buildings and some NPCs to go see. And you've got a dungeon with, like, three floors and then a final boss. And that's all you have. And you have to work out how to get strong enough to to save the day. And also work out what's going on with this time loop. There is a few really interesting little things of how this game balances its uh, uh, difficulty. And how, it, like, how progression is handled uh, with this time loop. Uh, one thing that's fun and worth noting, 
you gain experience that you keep between time loops because you remember fighting these enemies and you you have gained experience. Mm -hmm. The rest of your party are reset and don't remember that that time is looping, so they don't keep experience from past time loops. Mm -hmm. Uh, But there's some nice stuff they do with, like, if you save at a save point, whatever the highest level you were, like, your party members were when they reached that save point, Mm -hmm. if you reload from there in future... Uh, in a future loop, they'll be like the highest level you ever got them to by that point. So okay. uh, if you put a bunch of time in one loop into like doing a bunch of level grinding, and then in a different loop you skip forward to that point, it will assume that you did the most optimal thing you did in a past loop. It'll assume okay. you did the best thing you've demonstrated you are capable of doing by that point. Uh, which is a nice little choice. Uh, it's very... It feels very Majora's Mask in that sort of... Hmm. You... <sighs> You know how Majora's Mask is like, it's very isolating because it's like the world is ending and you're the only one experiencing it over and over. And you're frantically trying to achieve things that there's not really enough time to do Mm. and trying to help people that like, you you only know how to help them because you've seen them go through this a bunch of times. Also solving a much wider mystery. Yeah, it's that kind of vibe, uh, but much more constrained because it is literally like, here's like 12 buildings and one dungeon. And... Uh, that, I think, is really interesting. I really love this game. Uh, despite a caveat, and I'm gonna give this caveat now to get it out of the way, which is, I am usually someone that is very critical of something that games sometimes do, and I don't know whether this is actually what happened with this game, but it feels like it at times, which is, sometimes a game will do something that is not enjoyable to make a point later. Um... And I think that either this game's pacing is a little poorly designed, or what I think is the case is it was a deliberate choice. This game is maybe a little longer than it needs to be. Right. With uh, the need to do a few more loops through of this narrative than is necessarily enjoyable. Right. There, uh, there is a There is a portion in the middle of this game where you will do a lot of work, to gain very little progress and then have to start again and do the same. And I think, like, I'm usually very critical of this yeah. as a design element. Because I, th- I remember, like, right near the beginning, you were talking about, like, running through, like, a couple of times within half an hour, 40 minutes or so. Yeah. And, like, within the last few days, I think you were saying things like, oh, yeah, you know, just after over an hour, I did the full perfect run, but also there's still more to yeah, do. So like, perfect run doesn't mean. What yeah, other people might think it necessary. Yeah, is. there's there's a few times where you will have to you you won't ha- you will have to go through the whole dungeon again, not just skip to the floor. You need to and do the thing. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of like it, that I need to find some information in a book, and it could be literally any fucking book. So I gotta I gotta go check everywhere. And my point is, I'm I, I'm usually very critical of that, and I would not blame anyone who experienced that and went, I'm not having fun and put this down. Um. I, I, I get that context out of the way to say, I think this game is a fucking masterpiece, and it justifies that time so well for anyone that sticks through it. And I think it's a real shame that that section of the game is going to put some people off, because I genuinely do not think this game's final, I'm going to say like four or five hours, would work as well as it did, if not for making you feel a little frustrated with being trapped in the loop hmm. in a way that can only really be done the way it's done. And I think that, like, 
the the last like four or five hours of this game, I was fucking enraptured. I think it is one of like the best games I have played in years. That I would not blame anyone who dropped it halfway through and went, I don't enjoy this. And it's so frustrating to talk about this game, being like, I never want to be the person that says there's gonna be in the a bit in the Once middle you get where it's... the first season. It's well, great. Well, no, because it's not even the first season. The opening, the opening section is really good about like being very respectful of player time and yes. giving you a lot of progress in a very limited amount of repetition. It's a bit of a it's, lull in the middle, though. It's more like saying, "Hey, this five seasons show season three is going to be like." pretty repetitive for a while but it does set up some shit but it sets up some like it has to it has to be bad so it can be good mm. and i don't even think it's bad but i i think my tolerance for repetition is higher than most and i Cute, was liking repetition right <laughs> i didn't have a big problem with it but i was going through it going i can feel how hard this is going to be to recommend to mm. people but i think it is so worth it it is it is a I I so usually criticise this design choice, but I really think it's earned here. And I think it's been a, a, an extraordinarily long time since there's been a game where you've just come to bed and just been gushing about all oh, the things that have just ev- happened. Yeah, there was a good like three or four days where every time we came to bed, I was like, okay, I have to tell you about the most recent loop, though. Because, like, this is the thing. You'll have that section in the middle where you'll do a loop and, like, you know, struggling to find where to progress or whatever. Don't be afraid to check a fucking walkthrough video like <laughs> I did occasionally. Um, But then you will have, like, one loop that fucking breaks everything open. Yep. Um, but the thing is, it happens so many times. Like, the thing I think is miraculous about this game is, considering how limited a number of characters, rooms, and interactions there are, they make a narrative that is so well-layered with, like, really good foreshadowing that is not obvious, and you get, like, you might get, like, ten hours later and go, oh my god, that information has been staring me right in the fucking face, and I just didn't know it. Um, it's... It's pretty easy to make some educated, pretty accurate guesses about some of where it's going, but the how of how it gets there is a fucking roller coaster. Mm. I it did a very good job of getting me to second guess, third guess, fourth guess my own instincts <laughs> on things. Um, really interesting world building. Um, I like a lot of the way that they integrate, particularly like queer world building into this game's world. Mm. I like a lot of their development of their. Uh, religious, fictional religious beliefs feel really well um, explored. Mm. I genuinely felt so strongly for these characters. Mm. Um, the 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 journey that this one character goes on with these other party members, absolutely fucking beautiful. Um, I think it is a masterpiece of a video game that. You're going to know in advance whether my description... If you heard me talk about, like, it gets a bit repetitive in the middle for a while, but it's doing it for a reason. If you if you hear that and go, oh, oh fuck off, that's pretentious, or that, uh, that repetition's going to annoy me, I understand that. But I think it's so worth it. It's such... It's such a good game. The last hour... I fucking had to pick my jaw up off the floor. <laughs> I I was like, I. It does such an amazing job of sticking the landing and making its even its more repetitive choices 
pay off in a major way. Mm. I think this game is something really special that some people are just not going to get on with. Yeah. Interesting. So that's In Stars and Time. I look forward to hearing about the end when we're off recording. Yeah, yeah, because my, my god, I have things to tell you about that ending. Um, but yeah, what about you? What have you played this week? I mean, well, I realised that I'd forgotten to talk about a thing that I played um, recently in the, in the most recent weeks. I, I played through um, SteamWorld Dig 2. You did! A game that was apparently just sat in my Steam library. Steam at some like, point hey, was Jane, in play this it runs well on steam deck yeah it was probably in a bundle at some probably point at some point <laughs> i picked it up um yeah i had a really good time it was shorter than i expected yeah um what what is it for anyone who doesn't know this a, game it's i guess it's a, a platformer puzzle platformer mm-hmm. with um like mining aspects almost dig duggy in mm-hmm. places so, uh, you are a little robot. You are, there is apparently some sort of history with another character mm-hmm. who has gone missing. You're going looking for them. You end up at this town. The elevator to get into town is broken. So you have to like basically just do some tricky platforming up the side of a mountain. <laughs> and then you get into town and the mayor is kind of a dick and, um, but he's concerned about all these earthquakes that are happening. Mm. And maybe the earthquakes are something to do with the person that you're looking for. And you're, there's like quite a nice, simple tutorial of, hey, we're going to take you to a little side bit of the mine. <laughs> and you'll go down there and you'll have a little dig around and you'll get just the resources you need. And once you've connected enough basic resources, we'll basically give you a, a, a license to go to the rest of the, of the mine. Mm. Um, there's some pretty basic enemies to start with, although they are fairly tricky. But as you go along, the um, more experience you get, the more rewards you get for bringing treasure back to town. There's also, like, random little caves that you can go into Mm. that will have, like, puzzle sections. And you might not necessarily have everything you need to get, like, complete that at the beginning. Yeah. Like, you might need a projectile weapon, you might need a projectile weapon that does... that shoots a particular range or a particular angle um you might need to have a a greater water supply it's a whole thing you can stand in a puddle and power up water which you use for uh, your uh, range weapon and Mm. and a couple of other things uh eventually get like a jackhammer for getting through super hard rocks Mm. um the plot's fairly simple but but quite interesting and gets quite creepy later on which is which is fun i i haven't played the first one so i have no will I had no idea how well it um, reacts, but yeah, I had a nice time with it. I was surprised how quickly it was over, but there there was still like plenty of stuff I could have gone back in and gone, I am going to do all of the side missions and get all of the cogs and find all of the secret things. <laughs> um, and yeah, the, there I think there is a good, like, to finish the game, probably looking about 15, 20 hours. Mm. But if you wanted to like 100% it, I imagine it would be a good chunk longer than that depending on how good you are at finicky platforming or yeah like hit this thing it has now caused a chain reaction now you have to very precisely jump around this map while bits of it are collapsing Mm. so that because otherwise you will fall into a hole and immediately be taken right back to the start Mm. Uh, but you are at least taken back to the start and usually with no penalty for those sorts of puzzles yeah which isn't too bad but it is there there's there's one way you like can't touch any buttons but there are buttons fucking everywhere (laughs) on the ceiling on the wall so it's precise like hang on to the wall okay like jump slide down slightly um by doing a slightly different grip on Mm. the wall 
jumping across. Oh no, I headbutted the button on the ceiling. <laughs> Go back to the start, start the whole thing again. Um, some of that is tricky as fuck. Mm. Um, but like you will maybe uh, later on through the game find more things that will help you do some of that stuff a bit more easily. But yeah, it's a fun, interesting little game. And tangentially related to that, SteamWorld Build came Ooh. out this week. It's available on Game Pass, so I gave a whirl on there. Um, same characters, same worlds. I suspect it is many hundreds of years later, possibly in the same area. Okay. Hard to tell. Uh, there is an adorable little train coming through town, <gasps> and you are building, basically doing like city building, build workers, uh, homes for workers. Workers require warehouses and grocery shops and mm. coal and um, water, but then uh, upgrade those residences to engineers, but also you are still going to need workers and you're going to need engineers, and eventually you're going to need other types of bots as well. Mm. But beyond all of that, there's like a whole nother layer, because once you open the mine, you can go into the mine shaft and start doing like an almost dungeon keeper-y, um, like building special um, special buildings for miners, Ooh. rather than just going. This is a mine. This is is a uh, a, a worker building. Yeah. You go. I'm digging out like a nine by nine plot, um, and then once everyone's come and cleared away the rubble and reinforced the walls, I can turn it into a space for where miners will work, mm. and any miners will um, obviously build more, any more, dig out any more rooms that I do, dig out certain things. But there are you need like special types of bots to mine certain types of resources. Yeah. Um, and eventually you'll, you'll get like ways of um, building bridges across chasms and things. And mm. there also seems to be some sort of puzzly aspects in there. Like, hey, you found a blue wire, follow it in one direction. Maybe there's a lever at the end of it. Mm. Um, but on top of this is like, yeah, okay, the train's coming. The train will give you like, um, like bonus items that you can plug into buildings to get make them more efficient or faster or produce more resources mm. or whatever. Um, it's a fascinating idea. I haven't... Ha I've, I was going to say I haven't got far with it. I've played about six hours of it. <laughs> but like most city builders, it feels like I barely scratch the surface. Mm. <laughs> but yeah, it's got an adorable little train. And the train has a cow catcher. Choo-choo. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? What have you played? Um... So a big thing this week that I've been playing around with a bunch is mm. the uh, PlayStation Access Controller, which I can talk about in some depth now. Talk about that now. Yeah, yeah. So the PlayStation Access Controller is a uh, circular accessibility controller for the PlayStation 5. It's got a big button in the middle, smaller ring of buttons around the outside that you can customize, and a joystick to one side that you can move sort of in or out, and uh, four, uh, up to four 3.5mm external input ports. Mm. And I have been very back and forth about how I feel about this thing and how much I, where my opinion falls on like my own experience versus what I can clearly see are going to be experiences others have with it. Um, so to talk kind of more positively about it initially, um, I like, I like the fact that this is a, like a self-contained thing that after a bit of practice, I've basically worked out, here's where my muscle memory thinks buttons should be, lay them out, I can jump into a lot of games and just go. And there is something to be said for an accessibility controller where you don't have to go, okay, where are the things that need plugging into it, and wires, and setting up, to make a whole thing of it. If you have 
if you can make do with the form factor it has, it is nice that it is out of the box a self-contained standalone controller. Mm. And on the positives, I was like, one of my big concerns when I I previewed this back in September was I was very much of the opinion that you were probably going to need two of these for most 3D games. And because of the fact that there's only one analog stick and not enough buttons to map every controller button at once to one access controller. Mm -hmm. Having spent a decent chunk of time with it, certainly not the case for every game, surprised how many games can be mapped to a single access controller with a bit of creativity. Mm. Um, If you are willing to use the profile switching button that's just by the uh, joystick and have two profiles and have one that is left analog stick and one that's right analog stick and occasionally press the profile button to move the camera, then press to go back to the other um, mapping... Mm -hmm. Uh, surprising amount of like 3D games you can you can get pretty good at playing with a single access controller. That is nice. I I was surprised at how that that worked out in practice. Yeah, it seemed a really good idea that whole like running a single access controller and doing the, the um switching profiles to be like this is right stick, this is left stick. Yeah, that's the only difference. Yeah, and the uh, like a good example of a game that worked really well for is Lies of P, which is a sort of Bloodborne, uh, Dark Soulsy type game. And the reason it worked really well there is because uh, that game has um, the ability to cl- to uh, click in the stick to make the camera center behind you mm. uh, and to lock onto enemies. So most of the time, analog stick functioned as left uh, as left stick, so it was me running around. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't have to change profiles to recenter the camera behind myself or lock onto an enemy. I only needed to swap to right stick functionality with the profile button if. I'd locked onto an enemy that was, say, scuttling along the floor, hmm. and then when I defeated the enemy, the camera's still looking at the floor a little bit. Right. So I'd swap, tilt the camera up, uh, go back to movement, mm. uh, and largely I could get away with just recenter camera behind myself. Yeah. Like, a and lot of- Considering it was a, br- a brand new setup, I think you did really well. Like, you beat a boss first I, time. I beat a fairly late game boss I hadn't beaten before on my first attempt. I did <laughs> quite, quite well. Um, I've been playing a decent amount of Lies of P with it, and- making good progress like that that was a game that clicked pretty well for like i i could map uh dodge roll on my thumb my index fingers were light and heavy attack um the my little finger was uh was was used the the healing item and anything else wasn't going to come up very often so i could put it on the bottom half of the controller where i would less commonly need to reach Mm. and like that's an example of at its best what this thing can be but there is there, I, I have problems with it, and the problems are largely the same things I was worried would be problems when I previewed it, and that mainly comes down to if this thing isn't a good fit for you out of the box for any reason, be that you need a bunch of external inputs to spread them out, or uh, you need lower resistance buttons and therefore you need a bunch of external inputs, or the analog stick just isn't a good fit for you and you need an external one of those. This isn't an input hub in the way that the Xbox Adaptive Controller is. If you have a pair of access controllers, at most you have eight 3.5mm ports on a single controller, just four. And that is not going to be enough to use this as a hub. And it it is surprising how quickly a use case will just eat up four, four inputs. Um, like, one of the things I was really struggling with is this controller is a circle. There's not really a good place to put four D-pad directions that feels intuitive on a circle. Um, you can't have one up, one down, one left, one right, because yeah. they've got to be in a circular row. And 
I was like, okay, can I find an external D-pad? Cool, that's four input ports. That's all the ports. Yes. Because, like, D-pad was the big thing. I couldn't, like, get muscle memory around. Hmm. And, yeah, an external D-pad would eat up all of your inputs at once. Um, yeah, like you worked out some things for Tetris Effect. Yeah. I, I futzed around with Tetris Effect, but I couldn't, Tetris, couldn't get really comfortable with it. Yeah, Tetris Effect, you had the experience that I was having, like, the first day, like, the preview event day, I was kind of having the same problem. The, I'm having to think consciously about all these inputs. Yes, because I'm changing them because something isn't working for me, and then I'm trying to remember which is which. Yeah, and that is admittedly, like, with any accessibility controller, gonna be a learning curve mm. to, a, to a degree. Like, I I was having that back and forth uh, last night playing some more Lies of P, is I kept accidentally using my user potion button, and I was like, <sighs> I've made this mistake enough times, I'm flagging this as a button I might want to move to a different location, yeah. but it's that game of... Do I stick with it and, like, get that muscle memory to stick in for where yeah. it is? Or do I swap it to somewhere else and find myself still pressing it because that's what I've been trying to learn? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just a thing you're going to have to overcome. It's a, it's a problem I found harder to overcome with D-pad stuff, but, like, it, it's inevitably going to be a thing to learn. Yeah. Um. But, like, I said it during the preview event and I maintain it at review. If this had more input ports for 3.5mm inputs. Mm. If it was an otherwise completely unchanged device, it just had access to a full set of 20 external input ports so that you, in theory, could use it as a hub and not touch the controller itself. This would be, I think, a unanimously... Not unanimously. It would be, by most metrics, an easier-to-recommend accessibility controller than the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Yeah, by virtue of the fact that it's mostly all-in-one. Yeah, like, the, the at that point, the only advantages to the Xbox Adaptive Controller would be the two large circular buttons are kind of easier to use as foot controllers, and it has a proper D-pad built into it. Yeah. But, like... This would could so easily and like if they did a revision of this with more um 3.5mm ports, it could get to a point where I say, this is a better accessibility yeah. controller to recommend than the Xbox Adaptive Controller. Even like but, a USB port. Yeah, that's the other thing. Like there's no uh USB inputs, which means that like if you have USB joysticks for the adaptive controller, you're gonna have to replace them with 3.5mm joysticks, which are less common. Yes. And like it I maintain what I said when I previewed this thing. It feels like arrogance that this thing doesn't have more Mm. input ports. It feels like the design team at some point decided, we're going to make an accessibility controller so good you won't need external inputs. And the end result of that is, if you do need external inputs, we decided you didn't so you don't have them. And that design choice fundamentally makes this a what's your use case these are two very different uh offerings neither one is unanimously better you're gonna have to really work out what one's for you yeah rather than this is the xbox adaptive controller port system but as a standalone controller as well it's a really easy recommend yeah like i got i got arrogance as a whole thing with them I th- I think what particularly rubbed me the wrong way and got me into that mindset, which is why I have perhaps been more harsh about the access controller than might be necessary. But I think it was that thing where you were at the preview event and you asked about the possibility of holding the um, dual sense in different directions and being able to orient it differently for different use mm-hmm. cases. And they were just like, no, you hold it like this. 
So, but, yeah. But not everyone could... Can, uh, yeah, yeah. Please? So, to give a bit of context, um, the access controller can be oriented <clears throat> in four different directions, and your analog stick will know which direction is up, because you tell it which way it's oriented. And I asked specifically, w- could that functionality come to dual sense controller remapping? So if someone needs to hold their dual sense upside down or sideways, like you can tell it a new up direction. Yeah. And yeah, um, the uh, Alvin, I forget his surname, uh, the the person who was doing the interviews, was like, "There's one way to hold a dual sense. It's and he held it the the usual way up, and it's that kind of." Like, you've you've had a good idea here. Could you apply it more to this situation? And it's, no, but that's not how we do it. Yeah. Um, and it feels like the fact that um, they, like, great thing that you can do with the access controller. You can uh, set button uh, a button press to turn a button hold toggle on and off. Yes. Uh, and you can set a button to be a two-button macro. Yep. Those are both great. Why can I not do those with a DualSense? Yeah. Those are really useful features. Can you offer them to people remapping their DualSense controller? Nope, that's an access controller feature. Like, it feels... <sighs> PlayStation feels really rigid in how they have thought about this. Yeah. To the ultimate detriment of its design. And I say this as someone who, like, my specific situation is, I really like this controller and... The fact that it is a standalone controller by itself makes me a lot more likely to use it than something I'm going to have to, like, plug other stuff into, like, and have to do that the setup hassle. Mm. And I can simultaneously feel that way and also go, it feels it feels like stubbornness that you didn't give this more ports yeah. and let this be more customizable because you didn't, like, you told yourselves... This is good enough, people won't need to customise it, and that's just not the case. Yeah, especially when you're talking about people with um, motor disabilities. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I I spoke to someone at the preview event in September who was like, I came to this 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 event, and the buttons were too hard for me to push, and you didn't provide any ac- uh, uh, external inputs for me to mess around with, so I just didn't get to try it that, that hot day I was there. And I'm like, yeah... Yeah, yeah. I, I was I was quite surprised how um, how resistant those buttons are. That <sighs> I was like, because I think that like of all the things you compare it to, like basic button presses on a regular uh, on a regular yeah. joypad, or but there there is like a, a bit they're more clicky. They are clicky. Yeah, they're clicky. And the the, the they thing... don't have a lot of travel, but they are clicky. Yeah, and. I I feel like there like there is a reason, and it's probably a reason like for some people it's going to be helpful. It is a a tactile click that gives confirmation that you mm. pressed the thing, and that's going to be helpful for some people, not for everyone. Again, the Xbox Adaptive Controller is not a standalone controller for 3D games by itself out of the box, but you can customize it to be whatever you need it to be in a way that like. You just can't the same way with this. Yeah. Like I think if, if we run around through the quick basics of just simple things that this needs or needed, um, a, a, a USB port or even the ability to use that USB-C charging port as an input for mm. um, for joysticks. Uh, real quick one: the ability to map. The fucking um, D-pad to the joystick. Yes, yes, I, I, I talked about this because, like, um, 
talking about how I played Layers of P, uh, using my th- the three profiles, I had one profile for left analog stick, one for right analog stick. If I could have made the third one D-pad, yeah. that would have been fucking perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, b- because like I only really need D-pad to navigate some menus. Right. Like just let me make that profile three. Yeah. Um, also, let let the the joystick be mapped to more than just left or right joystick. Like I I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I th- would really love to see PlayStation, in a firmware or software update for this thing, attempt to tackle the problem of motion controls and touchpad yeah. swipe inputs on this device. Because they have they said they said this at the preview event. They were like, some inputs are just not accessible, so we did not make them doable on the access controller. Yeah. And I maintain you could you could program you press this button, the PlayStation thinks I did a single swipe up. Yeah, single like swipe can, down on the touchpad. If you touch can pad. program two buttons pressed at once, I don't see how it is so hard to go pro- read this as yeah. um, input X to X to X plus 100. Yeah, a line drawn between these coordinates on the touchpad yeah. as a button press. That would uh, that that would make big sections of um, Astro's Playroom yes. playable. Um, the other one being... Um, I'm pretty sure you could map an analog stick to be um, the level of tilt for a, a controller, for yeah. motion controls. Yeah. For like, again, Astro's Playroom, a first party pack in title, is a really good showcase of if I could do a press button to swipe up on the touchpad and have a profile where I pulled the stick back and it's like I tilted the controller back. That game would be playable. Yeah, like it feels so doable, and it, it also feels very weird that. Astrobot is one of the ones that is mentioned several <gasps> times in the like in the, the, the tutorial and the setup. Yeah, but then you go go and actually try and play it, and that's not discussed. Also, like something that feels like it should be really fucking easy, but for, for at least for first party things, mm. is to tell you what those buttons do in game. Yes, <laughs> because going. Especially for like me with ADHD yeah. to be like, what what button do I need? What what does the thing do? Yeah. Um. Other thing that I I, I I think needs to happen, I wish there was a button on this thing, maybe next to the profile switch, that would go, hey, for a second, uh, the, all, all the button inputs are uh, disabled. They, they are uh, inactive. Because let's say I've held the profile button down, I've gone to the, like, change my, my mapping screen, and I've got up on the screen, this is what my new mapping is, and I need to move the keycaps around. Yes. I need to be able to make it so all of the buttons are inactive for a second, so I can take the keycaps off, put them in their new positions, and not accidentally click X or circle while putting the new X or circle caps on, and back out of that menu or accidentally start setting up a new profile. I just need a button that goes, I am, I'm redoing the keycaps, can you, can you just not not listen to inputs for a minute? Yeah, because Um, it feels weird that it... Because you want it while you are able to look at the thing, right? Yeah, yeah. that is what I've programmed X, Y, Z. And specifically, you have to click the button back into place. Yeah. You essentially have to do a button press to put the keycap back on. Yeah. Uh, it's it, it's a thing, like, you, you can learn to put them back on in a way that's less likely to set that off, but that shouldn't be the thing. It, and it's... again, with people with, with motor like, yeah. motor control issues, then, like, yeah. I've ha- I don't have... A huge number of fine motor control yeah. issues. Like I have them, but not yeah. like not in any great extreme. Like, but things I really struggled with. Um, the long button, the button that has like the long oh. bit that slightly stretches over the middle. 
you have to press the 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 thing underneath, underneath the latch the latch to to, to, yeah. to to flip the latch off. Then you need to tilt the button slightly <gasps> into the and base in order to <sighs> lift it up. But then it gets caught on the on the bottom bit and it gets really fiddly. You've had something to say about that specifically? Yeah. Yeah. No. 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 I I agree with you entirely on that point. Also, why uh, does the double width button not have a catch and therefore you just have to brute force it up? Well, because at that point it's being held on by two magnets. And it not is, just but one, it's and it is really surprisingly difficult to get off. Yeah, yeah, it's. Uh, it... I'll say one. I'll, I'll try and say some nice things about it because it does have its benefits. I think it'd be a a good and affordable um, fight stick for people who want <laughs> yeah. a good official um, heavy duty <laughs> fight stick. Um, I've, I've watched you play a decent amount of, of Street Fighter yeah. 6 with this. It's it's obviously possible to do that, and the customization level of it, I think, will also work really yeah. well. Um, it's a lovely weight, so it will not slide around too much, yeah. as long as you've got it on something stable. Um, it's not super heavy if you wanted to like have it on your lap or something yeah. like that. Um, those little keycaps... Not just, not the keycaps, like the labels that you put oh, into the Oh, the little rubber keycaps. things that you put into there the There were a few times where I was just there for like a minute or two just going, it won't go in the hole. Yeah. I just want and to change the thing. And considering it's like, oh yeah, look, here, we put a big loop on the on the big uh, selection of, of those little um, label thingies that plug into the top of the keycaps. It's like, yeah, it's great. I, I've you've made that very easy to do. I can pull this out, and then somebody else is going to have to plug this shit in for me because it's tiny and fiddly, and it yeah. sometimes it is a real struggle to get it in, especially in that central one. Uh, yeah. Additionally, as great as an idea as the little rubber keycaps that mark what the buttons are is, when they're on like the little cardboard sheet, it's really easy to see what each one is when mm. you need to find a particular one. Yep. As soon as you've at some point taken all of them out of there to use them. You now have a little box of things that you're having to dig through to find your correct keycaps, and there's no great solution to that. I have ended up... Initially, we had them in a separate little box, and still most of them in a separate little box. I've ended up putting a lot of them just into the default dome caps, in the box where we keep the default dome caps. Because it's easier to find a dome cap that already has the the icon I need in it than it is to dig through the the little icons and find the one to put in the keycap. Like, very early on, we were of a mind of, like, I'm just going to pull this cap off of this place and put it over here, because that is so much easier than pull off the label and put it on the thing that is already over there. Yeah. Because that is one of the more difficult bits. Yeah. Um, I do want to talk about, like, the the use case I've ultimately found for having two of these, because they sent two of them, mm. and what I've ended up kind of falling into using them as, uh, with a pair, uh, and this is more, I don't know whether I would recommend this as a use case if you were having to pay for a second one to use it this way, but I've ended up with, like, there is a default control scheme that I've just left on one of them that is, the, my brain thinks this is where the face buttons should be a, a oh. x um, square triangle circle yeah. sort of in a default arrangement that my brain jumps to mm-hmm. and one of them just sits there like that and i can use it if i am just navigating menus and not something game specific oh. and then i have one that is set up for the game that i am currently playing in this case lies of p that is mapped in a way that makes sense for that game yeah and i'm like cool put this one down get the lies of p one start playing and that kind of setup where I'm not really 
juggling back and forth the keycaps and can just pick up the one for the game I am like regularly playing and and go. Hmm. In that use case, I really like this, but I know that that is not going to be everyone's use case. But it is it is a use case that works largely because it's getting around me having to jumble the keycaps back and forth. Yes. The, the different joystick uh, heads are, are interesting. Yes. You've got that like nice flat one, and for a while I was doing like a whole one-handed setup of like balance the the flattest one because it's quite rubbery on top, so it's got yeah. a bit grippy. I was balancing that under my wrist and then just using like my hand to reach yeah. hands that I need, and that was a, like a really interesting yeah um, thing for someone who who is only going to be fully using one hand. Yep. That was like a nice thing to try out. Um, to like move everything to the side, then you've got the little uh, the ball one, which seems to be a little bit higher up. Yes, and it feels like it's got way more travel. Yes, it doesn't actually have more travel, but because it's got a long stem yeah. on it, you're having the the way that circles work. You go yeah. further out, it's a larger orbit, yeah. so it feels a lot more travelly. Yes, but that's really nice for like. I struggle to be precise with analog stick movements, and it's really nice to go. I do a larger like I. A larger movement translates into a smaller movement. I can be more precise with an analog it stick. It does feel like one of those like classic arcade cabinet it, it, sticks. It does, but again, it's... But then you can't be too rough with it, because it's only held on with a magnet, and it will just fly off. I've I've, I've not had that happen, but I can see how it could happen. I it's, had it once. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's, it's a really tricky controller to talk mm. about. It's one where it's like, I've ultimately come to personally like it more than I anticipated, while still being frustrated at the rigid design choices that needlessly make it more limited in who it can be for than needed to be the case. Yeah. And and I hope that like some of it feels like it could be entirely solved with um firmware updates. Yeah. And I I, I hope they do like listen to people in the community. Yeah. Because, you know, I've seen a few people like reviewing this apart from you and, and yeah. the time I've spent with them as well. And a few people have been like, yeah, it's it's good, but it's not the right necessarily the right use case for me or yeah. for a lot of people. It, it it's it's one of those things where like I think the most common sentiment I've seen from a lot of people is I can finally play like I've seen a lot of people who've said, I can finally play PlayStation games and that is great. I could not do that before. That doesn't change the fact this is not a good design. Mm. And it's like, yeah, I I see it. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's the access controller, and Yay. I, I have yeah. It's not an easy one to talk about. Um, I've had a lot of people ask questions about it, and I'm like, I I will go back to that video I made earlier this year comparing the three of them and going, if you need an input hub, Xbox or Switch. If you want a standalone controller, this might be right for you. Mm. It, it it really is a divergence of directions. Jeez. Uh, anyway, we talked about that for a while. Have we you did. played anything else this week? Have I played anything else? Um, not really, no. Well, have you got anything else? Uh, nothing that I'm going to go into big depth on. I'll, I'll quickly touch on a couple. I've continued playing Yakuza 0. Uh, despite that game feeling considerably older than the new of Yakuza's, it's fun, it's got a lot of heart, I, I am enjoying going through it. Uh, I did a little side quest the other day where I had to infiltrate a cult to try and help uh, get get someone's daughter out of out of a cult that was um, trying to make her purge memories of her family so that like she wouldn't remember she had a family outside the cult. Okay. And um, 
I had to remember all of the cult's bullshit to make it seem like I was invested in joining the cult. Right. And, like, every time they did, like, a nonsensical little gesture, I had to remember how to do the little dances and what the names of the the stupid cult leaders were and whatever. Okay. To be able to then go beat up the cult leader Yay. at the end. Uh, that that game is... It, it It's aged. It's a little rough around the edges, but it's it's charming. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Uh, and the other thing is I've started playing Deep Rock Galactic as my final class, the you engineer. Uh, How so, are you finding the engineer so far? Yeah. Uh, the engineer... So we've, we've talked about Deep Rock Galactic before. Cooperative mining. It's fun. Uh, the engineer has. Uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember what their weapons are. They've got. Uh, uh, well, they've got a shotgun yep. as the primary, and then you're using the grenade launcher as the secondary. That's currently the only secondary I have access to. And so. then your tertiary is the. Um, oh, the platform gun. Uh, I was going to say the the turrets. Oh, the turrets. Little, yes, yes. Little, um, gun turrets, and then you've got the platform gun as your maneuverability. Yes. So uh, r- right now. My character feels a bit squishy th- in in such a way that like uh, the grenade launcher fun does big damage. Uh, getting any kind of close range, like I don't want to risk using it. No, but um, you do have a shotgun for that. I do shotgun's have a shotgun. Great yeah, shotgun shotgun's fun. It it it's not like in terms of like the actual act of shooting, it's not the most fun character. I don't think. In in terms of like being in firefights, I do really like having access to the turrets and being able to put my little turrets down. Turrets are like, great. Like it becomes a completely different game because I'm so less paying attention to my actual shooting and I'm just like get the turret set up run back and forth between the turrets make, make sure, sure they're, they're fed. topped up on ammo okay I'll shoot for a couple of seconds oh I gotta run over there fill that one back up it's a very different combat loop yeah and I guess also once you've um, leveled those turrets up a bit you're gonna have the options for having more ammo in them anyway like yeah. I can usually give them like most of a swarm before I'll have to yeah. refill them. And, and it's especially good in solo because you can just set them up and go like, I'm yeah. just going to mine this wall and I yeah. don't have to worry about things coming behind the, me. The turrets are very good for like the um, the uh, escorting Doretta um, big mission. Yes, the great because you set them up on either yeah, side. I need to go and find fuel for, th- for the drill dozer. I'll set my turrets up to protect the drill dozer while I'm gone so I can actually kind of leave it for a yep. minute, uh, which is really nice. In terms of traversal tools, the ability to make those like big platforms on the walls yes. is the nicest traversal tool in yes. so many ways. It's so versatile being able to just make platforms to yeah. walk places. And we've had that nice combo of me playing scout and you playing engineer. Oh, yeah, so it'd be like if if I can zoom up and, and grab onto this wall, if you shoot a platform underneath me, I can drop onto it, mine all this stuff without having to like dig yeah. all the way up there or or build a series of platforms. The two of them synergize so nicely. They do. Um but yeah, nothing much else to say. I'm continuing to enjoy little yeah. deeper galactic co-op time is always lovely. Yeah. Uh so yeah that's that's about it for me this week. Well then <gasps> time for this. Hey, 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 I've got something really exciting to, to, to tell you. Yeah, we got, we got. Well, 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 I don't think I've ever told, uh, told, told you, told you this before, mm-hmm. but, but my uncle works at Nintendo. Yeah, you said because you had the st- uh, street, street combat 70, um, the last, you said you had a copy of that at home on yeah. the new, um, the new, new bo- play box. Uh, yeah. Uh, new play but, box 7. Yeah, but, but I know that, like, some people don't believe me the moment. Why would they not believe it? Because you always say the things that. Uh, I, I, like, I've never seen any of the proof, but you say it, so I Well, I everyone it. keeps saying they've never seen any of the proof, and that because of that, they can't believe me. So, I have done, uh, I'm gonna do something today. Okay. Uh, I, I might have stolen uh, a trailer video 
off of my uncle's computer. Right. I'm gonna put it on YouTube now. Oh hell yeah! And I mean, it's got his, it's got his name in like little faint writing over it for some reason. That's fine. But well, I mean, uh, credits and stuff. Yeah, I, I think that's probably fine. Yeah. But like, even if like they are upset that I posted it, what? how would yeah, they know that he you... gave that I got it from him? How would they even know that? Just give credits. Yeah. This, like, no copyright. I think if you say no copyright intended, Uh, no copyright uh, intended. uh, uh, What's what's the thing they say to do for YouTube when you you put stuff up? uh, For (laughs) criticism and fair use. Fair use and reports. Yeah. Reporting. Um, Okay, okay, okay. I'm going to post it. I'm going to post the trailer. (gasps) Wow, it's so new, new, new high tech. Wow. Oh, no. Oh, oh, he's always calling. Oh, no. Where's your, your uncle? Okay. Is it very excited? Hello, are you excited that I put, put the video out? Thank I know you for you the video. Um, um, I don't have an uncle who works at Nintendo. I did. Okay, guys, look, um, I'm sure you've seen the press, so I, you as my publicist, I need you to help me uh, get out of any sort of problems here. The public are... Uh, well, you know, I'm worried that I'm going to lose subscribers, going to lose uh, some money on my Patreon, and uh, that's deeply concerning, and I, I don't really want to do that. So uh, have you got any ideas about um, how I can, you know, polish I mean, up the old image? I mean, look, you've given me very few options. You've really created a bit of a sticky situation here. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think that really the only viable direction we have if we're going to salvage this is... To lean on some kind of minority aspect and right, to yeah. be able to say like they're just they're just saying that because they hate you on right. X Y Z grounds. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, I am white, and that is uh, that's the minority now, right? That's that's what uh, we're saying, isn't it? Not not really. No, right. I was hoping for okay. something a bit less uh, position of power. Right. Um, right. Um, I, I I don't know. Um, is anything jumping to mind that you, you could? You could lean on. Um, well, I mean, there's, uh, I'm, uh, I'm probably one of the last few remaining straight people. That's that's the thing, isn't it? Is there... uh, no, 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 no. Sure no uh, okay. Um, oh, I'm, I'm still cis. Happy, happy with my birth gender and everything there. Uh, that's that's really uh, that's limiting, right? No, that's no. really not the kind of uh, minority status we were looking for. Right. Right. Uh, um, I um oh I've I've got a bit of a limp because I accidentally um dropped some uh, weights on my toe this morning. So oh, it's it's uh, is a long-standing, long-term injury. No, I'm sitting down at the moment. Um, but uh, it just happened this morning, oh. and I'm you know I think I'll probably be all right tomorrow. Like I can wiggle it. It's not. It's not. It's not hurting. Oh, um, God. Yeah, this is not going to fly well. Um, oh, okay. What about my great, 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 grandmother is a quarter Italian. Does that do that? Does that? Look, I. I'm gonna have to get out the big, the big page of the playbook here. Um, The only way you're gonna be able to sell these as minority traits that you are being victimized for is if you (laughs) are gonna make a pivot to the right wing. Oh, um, is there money in that? Unfortunately, yes. Oh, sorted then, sorted, sorted. Okay, you're being persecuted. I'm being being cancelled. That's what it is. Cancelled. This is ninety percent of my job now. And you're doing a really good job. I hate myself. 
So, what have you put in your eyes? Uh, what have I put in my eyes? I gotta, I gotta pull the pull the list up. I've watched a YouTube video that I know you've started on. I don't. I know have if watched. I've now yeah, watched. Have you it? finished it? Yes. Yeah. So we both watched uh the the new H Bomber guy video, plagiarism and YouTube. Once again, H Bomber guy goes on a four hour long. Uh, I tried to research a topic and I went down a rabbit hole that largely focused on one man lying about every step of his career. Yes. This video is, I would say, two halves. There is two hours of talking about plagiarism on YouTube that is like... As a whole. Yeah, talking about like a spattering of different creators, some you might know of, some you might not. Philip Mewson over at IGN, uh, or formerly at IGN. Illuminati, uh, internet historian. And then the last two plus hours are entirely about one man named James Summerton. Yes. And, hello, I'm going to spend two plus hours uh, decimating this man's career. (laughs) The short version, James Summerton is a man who was making $170,000 a year on Patreon, um, making queer media critique YouTube videos that were a good 75 to 80% of every video was just full-on, unedited um, stealing of other people's content and just reading other people's scripts. A lot of plagiarism. Uh, There's videos where he is just reading a person's book without telling you that's what he's doing. There are huge amounts of plagiarism, and when he's not plagiarizing, he's just inserting misogyny in... Misogyny? Let me go on a little tirade about how women are bad. But also, if you say anything bad about him, you're being queerphobic. Yes, that's the only reason anyone would have any criticisms of him, and not the fact that he keeps stealing from other queer creators. And the thing I appreciated about wrapping up on that was um, H-Bomb being like, I don't want to be a person that makes money off of all of this, so I'm going to donate all the ad revenue to the people that I've managed to track down. Who are um have, have, in, who have, have written this? Also, there is like a huge ass Reddit post at the moment. Yeah, with more people being found by the minute. Yeah, sounds of it. Going, hey, if James Summerton stole your work, uh, have a share of the ad revenue off that video. Yes. Yeah, it is a heck of a journey. I like the 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 way I feel about this video is you have to work really hard to replace Philip Mewson in my head as like the default example of. Someone did blatant plagiarism a bunch. Like, Philip Mewson was the example of that, and I'm like, oh no, that's fucking old news now. This is so much bigger. Yeah, because uh, it started pretty much on Philip Mewson. I was like, oh, I remember that. I remember that story. And then, like, um, got to the Illuminati bit. I was like, I, I recently heard about uh, Illuminati. I, I vaguely know who this person is. Yeah. And then, sort of talking about the, the, uh, all the bullshit with that. And then, Finally getting onto um, onto the last one and just being like, oh, oh this is terrible. Oh, that that being said, there is a second channel video that went up today uh, that is an additional 25 minutes of uh, Illuminati. Right. And it is it is literally just H-Bomber guy playing a clip from the Firefest documentary and then playing <laughs> uh, Illuminati and just back and forthing that. And every like five minutes or so, he'll come in and go, this is so easy. I don't even have to write anything for this. I just show them to you. Hit play and more just side to side word for word played on top of each other and the pacing even matches like but there's bylighting over it to make it get through the the copyright filters yeah 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 fascinating bit of bit of background absorbed media that yeah. and i i learned about man in hole 
Man, Man in, in Hole. Man in Cave, yeah. Which apparently was a big thing that a lot of people knew about. Uh, apparently, I, a lot of people watched it. Uh, a lot of people watched it. Someone recommended at some point I watch it, and I remember clicking on the link and it not being there. Ah. Uh, and going, okay, Oops. well, I'm not going to fight to find it, and now <laughs> I guess I know what was going on there. <laughs> also, I feel like I've got a good chunk of that story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about you? What you been watching this week? Uh, well, we watched the new uh, Make Some Noise. We did, new yeah. On Dropout. This was another one of the, the karaoke shows yes where where contestants are given a uh, a real artist but a so- a fake song they never wrote yes, uh, a just song a big title. book of of song titles and artists yeah this fake song title by this real artist and then people have to improv a song but that song with that title in yes. the style of that artist with the help of uh, a very talented pianist yeah um, that is always a delightful it, 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 again continually I want to recommend dropout as a very worthwhile subscription yeah there's very good content on there, and that new that new one was great. It was great, and and plus there's all the other good stuff that we enjoy on there as well. There, um, yes, we saw the. I tra- believe there's some new breaking news that I haven't caught up Ooh. with, but I do enjoy breaking news. Uh, we saw the trailer for their their new series that's coming up. Uh, very important people. Very important people. People getting into hours long makeup sessions with VFX uh, artists, and uh, then with, being uh, given SFX artists, and, and then, then being yeah given like a minute to be like come up with a character you're about to get interviews. Here's a mirror, now work out who this character is that you're about to be interviewed about. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, looks so fascinating. That looks fun, I'm looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah. Quite quite unhinged looking <laughs> from, from some of the trailers, and I'm ex- excited to see uh, the, just the whole process of that, really, because yeah. I, I do enjoy a bit of um, bit of fancy makeup stuff. Indeed. What about you? Have you watched anything else? Oh! Uh, We've continued plodding on a little bit with uh, with One Piece. We have. Uh, yeah. We have reached Skypea. Yeah, we're about halfway through Skypea almost, I would Yeah, it seems like it. Um, uh, we, we took a boat to heaven and God is angry. Yes, and also there is a fee to get into heaven. Yeah, there is a there is a cash fee to get into heaven, and God's on an island, and you, you do not go to God's island. And there's a sky knight on an adorable leopard print pink... Uh, Pegasus. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of things about this this uh, heaven dystopia that are weirdly fascinating and darker than they seem like they should be. Yeah, there is a, like a, a surprising amount of world building for somewhere I don't think we're actually going to spend that long on. As no, far as I can tell. I th- this this show really does do that. It's like, hey, we're going to give you like pages and pages of backstory. For a place that, like, okay, we're done, off we move. That's it, we're done now, Yeah, bye. We, we visited heaven, we, we, you know, maybe we're gonna go fight God or whatever. Yeah. Uh, you, maybe you stepped on, on the God Island and now you've been just... Absolute, like, satellite nuked. laser nuked out of orbit because you stepped on God's Island. Uh-uh. <sighs> the, the escalation is ridiculous. It is. I am continuing to enjoy One Piece. Uh, it, it is... It's a fucking journey. It is, and we got we got new friends. Yeah, to take along the way, and uh, gosh, who knows where we're gonna go next and what's gonna happen. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how how you escalate between we literally pay we we skipped out on an entry fee to go to heaven and get angry at God. Like that that feels like it shouldn't be like fifteen percent of the way into the show. Yeah. Well, I guess. I mean. 
based on that that one clip you showed me from that that one clip of that one fight from later on somewhere in like eight hundred or something. Yeah, it, I, it, that it, I guess is gonna be where. Yeah, we I guess that's how we escalate. Um, <laughs> yeah. Other thing we watched together that I don't think we talked about. We went to Fist Club. We did. Fist, 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 fist. Yes. A queer wrestling event in London that we've been to before that was very fun. Yeah. We've talked about it before. We went to their new uh, office Christmas party event. Yes. With the Brenda Agenda's office Christmas party. Um, yeah. It was It was another, uh, another great show. Another lovely turnout. And very queer and very silly. Um, comedic. Uh, I don't know that there's many... Ca- cabaret comedy wrestling shows that you could go to where someone could do a whole bit about Jake the Snake Roberts uh, yeah. and our drug and alcohol addiction and and I... parental neglect it... and still not bring the room down. It's It takes a real fucking master performer <laughs> to do a very sincere emotional breakdown uh, discussion of substance abuse ruining a man's life. And have that not ruin the comedy two minutes later. Yes. Like, that's fucking mastery of a room. Yep. I, uh, I, I, I enjoyed a lot of the returning faces and yep. some of the new ones. Um, I, I maintain that I think the thing that Fist Club does better than most any other uh, like indie wrestling event is it does a great job of building up the story in the room. So if you've never heard of any of these wrestlers before, you know, who's who? why they care about what's going on, what the backstories are, uh, the heroes and the villains and who you're rooting for. Like, they they do such a good job of onboarding the narrative during the night. Yeah, because I remember we, the first one we went to, I remember just going, this was great. I felt like I, I understood everything was going on. And then we got tickets to the, I think it was the next, literally the next show they did. Then we realised we couldn't get into London because there were train strikes. Yeah. Or if we could, we couldn't get home on buses because yeah. of the the time of night it would be um then there was uh the uh stuff they did with slay station yep. in, in um uh, clapham that we missed both shows of and i was like ah fuck how how much stuff is going to have happened since then that we might have missed out i, I f- maybe we did but it, i didn't feel like yeah. i missed anything or didn't but understand anything they, they do a good job of like not making it obvious if something happened you weren't there for and making it seem like you are coming into the start of the story here. Mm. Like, it, they're so good at it. Yeah, they did um, a great job. Very, very... It helps that you have the ring babes there to, to yeah. tell you who to boo and cheer and fist 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 for. Yep, yep. Um, I enjoyed my people watching the uh, the couple who'd never been to a wrestling <laughs> show before. Uh, and the, the lighting up of the face as the first chart of fist, fist, fist began. <laughs> oh, we're, we're doing this, are we? Lovely. Lovely. They seemed like they they were, they were having a marvellous time. I uh, chatted to them at the end. They, they'd had a lovely night Yay. for two people who had no idea what they were walking into. Yes. Free uh, tickets. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you? You watched anything else this I think week? that's pretty much it, really. I think so for me as well. Well then. <gasps> time for this. <laughs> Hey, Laura. Yes? We've got a new sponsor. <gasps> Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you sometimes have things delivered to the house? Yes. And do you sometimes get those messages of, we delivered your thing? Yes. And then you go to the door and it's just not there. Yes. And then you go yes. back to the website and they're like, no, definitely delivered it. Yeah, yeah. I'm Look, I'm, I'm not saying that it happened to me today, but I might have contacted... 
the people who said they'd delivered it, and then we've been told, well, maybe they just misscanned it. It'll probably arrive by the end of the day, so you can't, like, report it, like, misdelivered mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. now. you got to wait till later, and then you can tell us that, despite it being marked delivered, it wasn't delivered. Th- that. Well, this week's sponsor is digidelivercam.lol.net. Tell me more. It's a motion-activated doorbell camera that is exclusively designed to prove that no, they fucking didn't deliver, or even attempt to deliver, or even come anywhere near the property. Indeed, a, a thing that will tell me that that's that that uh, slip that says we attempted to deliver. I can look at the feed and go, "You didn't fucking attempt to deliver. You threw this through the door and you ran. You didn't even knock. You didn't have the parcel in your bloody hands." And also, it's got a whole extra feature where if you upload the image that they send you of your package in front of a random door that you've never seen before, <gasps> it'll send it to that guy on TikTok who will tell you where in the world the thing is. Oh, shit. And he will find your package for you oh, in six to eight weeks. I, I mean, not ideal, but better chances of me actually getting it than I currently have. That's digidelivercam.lol.net. Enter the code QNPS286 and you can get 5% off 180 delivery cams that will be just wallpapering the outside of your house. So there is no way they can say, like, they, 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 there's I, no way they get anywhere near your house. I stayed, I stayed in all day while ill awake listening for that fucking door. You never came. From 6.30am, because they claimed they came really early as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Inside the boardroom of Supremacy Software. Hi. Hi. So, uh, I've been coming up with a plan to, uh, try and increase our game sales. Right. Uh, so... I've been I've been looking at the uh, the uh, the movie studios recently right. with their streaming yeah, yeah, websites yeah, yeah, and yeah, stuff, yeah. and uh, occasionally there'll be a thing it's up for sale, and you know people will purchase it and get access to it, and then because of uh, licensing agreements running out, uh, whatever that means, the thing they purchased gets taken away from them. Right, Apparently right, this right. is the thing they can do. Like, uh, oh, we had a uh, you know we used a licensed song we don't have the rights to anymore, so uh, we got it. We got a take away your your download you paid for right and people aren't happy about it but like they're accepting that it's a thing that happens yeah because i guess at that point they're not blaming us because yeah. it's like oh we, we didn't do it it was the licensing yeah we company. wanted to leave it up for you but like it oh, was the greedy oh, music company yeah took exactly your game or whatever you know that right. kind of example so i've been thinking I think this is something we could be uh we could make use of for right, uh, right. for our our games. So uh first first of all, cost cutting measure. Right. We only license the licensed music in our game for like a very short period of time. They're not going to ask for as much money if we right. license it for like 6 to 8 months rather than like ongoing. Right, right. And then that's our excuse to take away the game you've paid for 8 months from now just as we're starting the hype cycle for the sequel. Which you're going to need to buy to keep playing. And maybe we could sell a downloadable version of the original game with a slightly reorganized um, uh, uh, playlist. And people won't know that it's worse. Well, I mean, if we just say, you know, we had to release a new version and it's not the version you purchased, therefore we can't give it to you for free. We made it available as a uh, affordable, downloadable content. Oh, yeah, yeah. E- even if we make it like, you know, half price or something, like right. they're, they're still 
rebuying a thing we we took away and sold back to him. Exactly. That's still and, free you know, money. And then in six to eight weeks, in six to eight months, maybe weeks, who knows, we sell them the whole thing back again with DLC for the original and the sequel. I, 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 I think there's a foolproof plan. I see no way this could uh, blow back against us. You are a fucking genius. I know. So, huh. what's going on in your ear, meets? Really not a lot this week. No, it's um, been it's, a light one. It's been a listen to old stuff that I already know inside out kind of week because it's it's been a lot of... Uh, three accessibility episodes went up across three work days. Um, it, it's just been a busy go, go, go kind of kind of week. So I've mm. not listened to a lot of new stuff. Um, what about you? Have you listened to anything this week? A um, couple of things. Um, so first thing, I, I am so close to having completed Welcome to Night Vale. Ooh. I'm like seven episodes away from being up to date. Yeah. Um, which feels really weird because I remember thinking that was completely unsurmountable about six to eight months ago. <laughs> Um, it's just it's in- intimidating when someone's like, yeah, there's like 210 episodes or something or whatever there was at the yeah. time. And there's now like 239 episodes, I think, it's just gone up. Mm. Um, as it stands right now, I think Night Vale starts very strong. And mm. it has a few times where it builds up like a, a big meta plot. Yeah. And then there's a, a little bit of a lull afterwards. And th- there is also at least one occasion where... They build up a meta plot that ends. They have already started setting up the next one, so the lull is way less. So then, I that one at least felt like less of a uh, what what is happening here? Mm. Less uh, less prone to weird filler or things that didn't just seem generally less interesting. And I guess when you're making anything with two hundred and 30 plus episodes hmm. there 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 is a risk that like not every one of those stories is going to be a banger um like i for me i think i've always preferred night vale when it is community radio uh as, as a thing as opposed to there are occasionally episodes where it's just cecil reads a story yeah and generally i find those less interesting um, but th- there have been some, some, some fairly interesting ones. Um, I think I talked about to the family and friends a couple of weeks ago. It was quite interesting. The most recent arc that I've just finished, um, I, I think of, of all the, uh, world ending things and nightmarish horrors that have appeared in this show, Dr. Janet Lubell is possibly the most nightmarish villain that Night Vale has ever seen. Ooh. To the point where, I was genuinely terrified to listen to an episode just because I'd seen the title of it. Wow. I saw the title, I was like, no, you cannot do this. Um, s- s- yeah, I'm not going to say what happened or what that was about, but um, yeah, don't you Janet Lubell? Yeah, fuck off. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah, um, genuine, genuinely terrifying for the, for all of that. And, um, yeah, I, I look forward to having more in-depth chats with you about uh, these things I, as you catch up. I'm excited to eventually get there. <laughs> I'm still plodding through the first audiobook. Not helped by the fact we haven't gone swimming for a couple of weeks. We were not. Uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there. We'll catch up. 
Yeah. Um, you listen to anything else? Uh, no, no, it's just been listening to old stuff, really. Uh, Yourself? Uh, the last thing I'm going to talk about then is I listened to uh, another uh, Doctor Who audio drama. Uh, this was called Cold Vengeance. I think you listened to most of this one with me. Oh, yes, yes. There's, uh, there's, there's, there's a ship. It's like a big freezer. It's on the way to a planet. And there's maybe some bad things going on from, like, three different factions. Somebody's just there to collect the recycling. Somebody's there to do some hijacking. And maybe there's bad aliens who want to do a genocide on a whole planet. Mm. Woo! Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's an interesting little story. It knocks out in about, I'd say, around an hour. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good stuff. And, and it's a good way of getting Dr. Hoomst when you don't want to give the BBC any money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well then, time for this. Do you have a looming video deadline coming up? Mm-hmm. Are you struggling to finish that draft script on time? Even ChatGPT isn't helping me today. Do you need a better workflow for your writing? Mm-hmm. Why not try just fucking stealing? <gasps> Tell me more. Take someone else's words and say them as your own. What? Nobody on the internet fact-checks stuff anymore. Who's gonna know? Wow, I look forward to never being the subject of a four-hour breakdown and documentary about these things. Thanks, plagiarism. It's not plagiarism if you change, like, four of the words with a thesaurus. Thanks, research. Wink. Available now on Bandcamp. A very anti-capitalist unicorn dance party. A very anti-capitalist unicorn dance party includes all the your favourite unicorn dance party classic tunes. Who could forget... Landlords roasting on an open fire... We've reclaimed all of your homes. Now our nan won't spend winter on the streets. You were worthless. Fuck you. Oh, billionaire, oh, billionaire, we've taken all your money. You got away with zero tax. Consider this our comeback. And the classic. Fuck the Tories. Pum, 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 pum. Self-serving bastards, every last one. Unicorn baby, you're the chief exec of BP for me. Can't keep pumping oil. That's a very anti-capitalist unicorn dance party available now on Bandcamp. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Pro-Sure Justice Warriors. Pro-Sure Justice Warriors? Yeah. All right, Larry. Right, Barry. How you doing? Oh, you know, still, uh... Still not fully better. You doing alright, mate? Uh, about the same, about the same. Uh, you been uh, up to much? Well, you know, just uh, perusing the uh, the old news as it as it comes by. You know, yeah, yeah. Catch, catching what I can. Obviously, uh, people still need to be uh, talking about Palestine more yeah. than perhaps they are worried that yeah. some of that is dying down a little bit. But that's uh, very important. That, uh, uh, People are still making their thoughts known on that. But, I think um, uh, I think since the uh, the ceasefire, a lot of people heard the word ceasefire and were like, "Oh yeah, it's, it's over. It's over it? now." Yeah, all done. yeah. Well, yeah, not the case. Not but, the uh, case. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the one that, uh, obviously snuck past me the other day was uh, a certain uh, 
violent war criminal oh. popping his clogs at 100. Yep, yep. Uh, uh, yeah. Lovely. First time I've seen Mastodon uh, represent uh, Twitter the way it used to, of everyone coming together to talk about some horrible bastard dying. I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did have a chuckle at the uh, tweet from a couple of hours prior to his death where Nicki Minaj tweeted something to the effect of, uh, you have no idea what I'm about to do. <laughs> and people being like, oh, sh- oh shit, Nicki Minaj took him down. Oh, shit, finally, someone... someone Someone's right, you know, I, look, I'm going to be honest, I had a chuckle. Yeah, yeah. although it was uh, kind of concerning, you know, seeing the way a lot of the uh, newspapers were uh, uh, handling it. I, obviously, uh, first of all, in America, we're seeing a lot of like, oh, uh, Nobel Prize winner and uh, great, uh, great diplomats, great, uh, you know, uh, responsible for, for, you know, so many uh, in, in, in the... In the hands of, of, of the, the upper echelons of, of the world, making 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 the world a better place, and uh, it was it was nice to see at least a couple uh, taking the time to call him what he was, Henry Kissinger, war criminal, yeah, uh, yep. responsible for uh, brutal genocide, uh, sides plural, in fact, yep. and uh, just uh, general horrible bastards who. Uh, t- yeah, you know, of, of all the people who have managed to make it to 100 years, one of certainly one of the least dis- de- uh, deserving. Yeah, yeah. But um, and then the same thing creeped in that always he's creeps in when some horrible bastard uh, you know gets what's coming to them and uh, or at least dies, you know, one way or the other. And uh, you know, just the number of people who always oh, shouldn't speak ill of the dead. No, I mean, <laughs> if the dead deserved speaking ill of in life. The fact they've died doesn't mean I'm going to stop speaking ill of them. Yeah, you know, and also, they are these not the same people who would ultimately turn around and say, "Oh well, those who uh, you know forget history are doomed to repeat it." Well, if we're not allowed to talk about it, we're not allowed to talk about the horrible bastard I, who did the horrible bastardy things. I, I am a believer that at a certain point, if you've done a degree of war crimes, if you've done a few war crimes, you're probably don't get to uh, say, please don't make jokes about me when I die. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you've done war crimes, I'm going to ignore your wishes and do a funny, I'm going to laugh at that Nicki Minaj joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you know, I am going to laugh at all the all the uh, memes of, of death with the claw machine going, <laughs> finally I knew he was in here. <laughs> yeah, because it, it is important that um, we, we call out these people for, for, you know, what they are, you know. There are a degree of people, a certain number of people who, uh, boomers probably, uh, who know Henry Kissinger mainly from the Monty Python song and not from all the horrible shit that he's done. And, you know, if, if nothing else, it was all the people coming together to talk about his, his uh, various, many and various crimes throughout his uh, drastically prolonged lifetime that, that actually I learned more about just what an awful bastard he was. So, you know, it's important to know how to connect all those things together and and, yeah. and, and how he had his, his hands in more shit than perhaps you might have been aware of. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you know, I, I think it's important that we, we keep talking about the horrible bastard things that horrible Indeed. bastards have done. Don't, don't let the fact that a horrible bastard die stop you from going, yeah. ha-ha, but also, here's the horrible shit he did. Absolutely. Ah, fancy out, mate. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs>
<sighs> good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. Right, I think I'm going to pop the kettle on. That sounds like a plan. Nice, no, nice. No. Nice. So, Laura. Yes? Uh, you do things on the internet, and, and people probably want to know where they can get things like your audiobook. Tell <gasps> us about the audiobook. Well, the audiobook, it's it's an audiobook version of Gender Euphoria, which is available now wherever audiobooks are sold. It's over eight hours of me reading stories from myself and other uh, non-cis people. Just telling happy gender stories of how, like, hey, being trans can be a pretty joyous thing at times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can find that wherever audiobooks are sold. Other than that, I'm at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, TikTok, Patreon, that's the one that pays the bills, Blue Sky, Mastodon, all the things, Laura K. Buzz. What about you? I don't have universal branding, but I do have a link tree. It's linktr.ee slash janiac, J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Uh, you can find the music I make and the, the things I write and the t-shirts I design and just about anything else I happen to come up with at the time. It's all available there and all my socials. Um, message me on Mastodon or somewhere and um, I will tell you how to get into my Discord. We've got a lovely community of, of very lovely people and uh, we hang out and chat and, and hopefully soon we will be playing playing some Jackbox with Ooh. all the lovely peoples in, in the Discord. It's nice to do a thing that is not streaming but is also just having fun with large large uh, large group uh, Jackbox games because those are always fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think that's everything from me. Uh, also, yes, patreon.com slash stonedmonkeyradio. That's what helps keep me doing all the things and justifying all of those decisions. Uh, Laura? Yeah? Can you sing us out, please, darling? Until next time, be a stranger. <laughs>